Hey, Shakes Pals. Happy Throwdown Thursday. What, what's up with you? What's going on? I hope you're doing well. I hope that you are getting through. Shoot us a, a tweet or a Facebook or a TikTok and just say, tell us what's on your mind, what's going on, how you're feeling. Because um, we want to hear from you. We want to hear that you are having a good time. Congratulations to Emily Carding for winning last week's best fairy matchup with their argument for Titania. It was an almost total sweep. I think I got a pity vote uh, right at the end, but most of the votes went for Titania and rightfully so. Thank you so much again, Emily, for coming on. That was a really fun episode. Today is also a very fun episode. I do have a little buzz in my recording. I was recording it from a super secret location, uh, so I apologize for that. But we've got Michelle Kelly on, and we are talking which Shakespeare character would be the best stage magician. It's a really fun thing to get to talk about, and I'm so happy to have Michelle on to get to chat about it. Um, that's it for me. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash p2mpod. Uh, give us all your money. Or make someone else give us money. I don't know. Ask your mom for $5 every month and then give it to us. That'd be that'd be a thing you could do. Um, or just tell a friend about the show or the Patreon or just that we that we exist. That would be that would be rad. We would love it. We would appreciate it. Um, I say we again. It's just me. I would love it and appreciate it. I am the royal we of Protest Too Much podcast, and I am going to just let you listen to the episode now. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Hello! This week we are getting magical and we are talking about which Shakespeare character would make the best stage magician. So maybe not real magic, maybe some sleight of hand and definitely a big personality to hit that stage. And with me to talk about that, I have professional actor, voice actor and singer Michelle Kelly. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited. <laughs> I am also very excited. Go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, and where people can find your work. Uh, sure. So I am, as you correctly said, an actor and voice actor. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Michelle Acopter. If you're a casting director, my spotlight's there. You know, hire me for some stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I met you, Steph, doing the show Must Go Online. Uh, so I've done a fair amount of Shakespeare, but I also do uh, modern things as well. And... For the discerning podcast listener, I do a couple of uh, audio dramas and other podcasts as well as a voice actor. You'll find it all on the Twitter. Just find the Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> find the Twitter and you will find all of that gold. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm super excited for this because I think it's a really fun way to approach magic because there is so much legitimate magic in Shakespeare's plays. Looking at it from a, a stage magician angle is really exciting to me. Um, what kind of, what drew you to that aspect of magic and Shakespeare to start? Um, I'm just, it's like you said, like, um, theater is always creating magic, right? And like, especially looking back at like the sort of the magical creatures and the magical people in Shakespeare, it's like back then when the technology was so much less, like, how do you create that sense of real genuine magic? I think it's really exciting. Um, I love the idea of, of, you know, we don't 
have magic in this world, we have to create it. What about somebody who actually did have magic and could use that to create a show? How would it work the other other way? I think is a really fun idea. Yeah. Like, how would you incorporate actual real magical powers into entertainment? <laughs> I feel like we'd have to commodify it somehow, right? Yeah, Everything's entertainment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that being said, who do you think would be the best stage magician? Okay, so as I said, I wanted to pick characters who have actual magical powers, because I think that's so fun, trying to think how they would make a show out of their like real magic, if you like. Um, so I thought a lot about it, and I kind of ended up at The Tempest. There's a lot of magic going on in that show, so I consider Prospero. You know, stage magicians, they always have like the patter. They're always mm-hmm. like, they've got to keep, keep talking, but I think the thing with Prospero is he talks too much. <laughs> like... I actually think, you know, he'd be like 20 minutes into his story about the foul witch sticker axe and everyone would get bored and leave. So I actually settled on Ariel. Okay. Because I think they are the they are the true source of the magic in The Tempest. It's, it's all about Ariel. So that's who I've chosen for myself. Okay. Uh, and who do I think would be the best stage magician? Uh, you think the witches from Macbeth or the <laughs> Scottish play, if you're superstitious, uh, would be the best. <laughs> okay, um, I can run with that. Uh, before you jump in, I when you were talking about it, all I was thinking of, I don't know if you watched WandaVision. I actually haven't. Everyone okay. says I need to. <laughs> it is, it's a great show and I won't spoil much, but there is a little bit of a nod because Vision is capable of, you know, doing mad. They have superpowers, uh, trying to put on a vaudeville type stage magician act um, <laughs> and not be like, not hint that he has actual magic but like trying to to incorporate those like tricks with the magic that he and Wanda do have so that's all I can think of as I'm thinking through this topic and these people it's just a very fun silly scene yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love that I actually I know you're into your uh, tabletop role-playing games um I GM a game of Blades in the Dark which is um a system where some of your characters do have magical powers and I did run a session where that was the goal they had to put on a magic show without (laughs) giving away that they're actually magic (laughs) so I'm very into this (laughs) I'm very into this I love it. That sounds fun. Is it in podcast form? Uh, sadly, no, just for okay. us. Although I sometimes wish that I had recorded it because as a GM, I always forget so much important information. I wish I had recorded it. Just go back and listen. What did happen last time we played? Right? Yeah. <laughs> My notes are dreadful. Um, okay, so that's awesome. Why don't you go ahead and take it away for Ariel? Uh, strong contender there. Very interested in this cell. Yeah, okay, so Ariel obviously has like a very broad range of magical abilities, but they are also a massive like show person. Like they like to uh, speak in a very grandiose way about what they're doing. You know, they don't just say, oh yeah, I sunk the ship like you asked. They're like, oh, I made fire over here and they did all of this. They really tell the story, which I think is, like I said, like a magician needs patter. You can't just walk out and do the tricks like you've got to make a show of it I feel like Ariel would really have that down and they also sing so you know I could see some musical interludes going on which is really fun 
Uh, they can do magic with fire. We know they can do ventriloquism. I just really think they could bring that kind of classic vaudeville like variety act into the modern era using their magic skills to make it really epic. And also like you would never have an empty audience like if it was like there'd never be a stormy rainy day where no one wanted to come out because they can control <laughs> the weather. So they would always have a great audience in the summer that, you know, it'd be beautiful sunny days every day as so you could come and watch them outdoors. I just feel like they have the whole package there. Okay. Okay. Um, but have you considered that the witches from Macbeth would put on a banger of a show? I'm, you talk about patter and they, they finish each other's sentences. They have that really kind of rehearsed style of speaking with each other. They speak in unison. They have chants. They have all of those kind of show stopping um, moments that we want to see in a stage magician. And I think the biggest thing for the biggest selling point for them is that Macbeth and Banquo, when they first interact with the witches, are left saying, did that happen? How did that happen? And I think that's really what you want when you're someone with actual magic who's trying to put on a show that the audience has to question the, the existence of actual magic because you want to do those tricks that... Um, that make people uh, gasp and, and scream and all of those things, but you don't want to give away too many of your secrets that like it's actually real. Um, and I think the witches kind of naturally have that. When they disappear, there's that smoke and mirrors and, and Macbeth and Banquo are left feeling like, ah, what did we just see? Which is, I think, the, uh, the reaction you definitely want your audience to have leaving a magic show. I see that. That's an interesting point. I feel like uh, Ariel's pretty good at leaving people questioning as well, though, and wanting more. You know, they uh, their little ventriloquism act has everyone arguing with each other, and no one sees that they're the one pulling the strings and being the puppeteer. So I think they would have that manipulation down. I do worry with the, the witches. I think one thing against them is I'm not sure they market themselves super well. You know, in the modern day, it's all about the branding. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, like, you never know where to find them. I'm not sure that you would know when their shows even are. No way. That's that's the that's a selling point right there. So first of all, they've got Hecate, who's this like grumpy manager type, who's always like coming in and interrupting the show and is like, "Stop giving away your tricks. Stop giving away your stuff for free." And the audience is laughing because they don't know it's you know real. Um, and people love people love secrets. People love those you know interactive shows where it's like. Uh, on the heath, lightning and rain, midnight. People would, they would love that. They would be like, ooh, experimental theater, okay. Um, you would get a really like maybe small subset of people. It wouldn't be blockbuster, uh, you know, a whole venue hits. But I do think there's like a really niche crowd that they would be so successful in. Oh, I love that. Like the immersive theater angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they've got an indie cult following. Meanwhile, Ariel is selling out Wembley. Like they're getting special guests in, like they're summoning all of their super famous, like musical goddess friends <laughs> to come and like warm up the crowd. They've got a big, they've got a big, you know, smash hit with all the fireworks at the end and everyone, you know, you have the reunion, all your guests come out, you do one final number. There's magic. Yes whoa i mean that's that's where the money is and like ariel has lived on an island their entire life and now they're gonna have to make a living so you know you've, you've got to get you've got to get those bums in seats you've got to sell those tickets <laughs> here's my here's my worry with ariel i don't know how 
I guess people just accept that magic isn't real and they are seeing a show, but I don't know how Ariel masks the fact that they are actually magical. The things that they do, the elemental uh, shifts that they can create, I don't know how the things that they do could be explained through smoke and mirrors. Hmm. That's a good point. You think that Ariel might go too far. Might go too far. And give a like, game be... away. Yeah. I think and... the thing about Ariel is because they have so many varied talents, I think they can just keep the audience. They can move them from one thing to the other, right? They have trained dogs. Now, I know like animal <laughs> acts can be, you know, you have to be careful these days, but I've seen the odd dancing dog on Britain's Got Talent do pretty well. So clearly it's some true. people are still into the animal acts as long as you're nice to the animals. You know, so I think that, you know, you start to think, wow, that that wasn't, that's fireworks. Isn't that just pyrotechnics? Oh, wow, there's a dog doing a magic act. Oh, and now they're doing ventriloquism. They just they keep you guessing, you know, you never know what you're going to get at an aerial show. Sure. And I think that that, you're coming out talking about all the different things you've seen. And I think that's how they keep you from getting too, uh, too focused on one element of what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the witches, like, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the stuff they're doing is summoning holograms they're summoning visions right and they're telling the future at some point it might become apparent that everything they tell is true i mean i feel hmm, that's a that's a good point uh, because i'm not sure their personalities would allow them to throw in those like fake um predictions every once in a while just to keep things interesting but people i i guess that's like when you talk about commercialized success for Ariel, that's where the witches are really going to thrive. They'll have this like indie cult following for their, um, you know, they sell drinks, they sell potions, they sell brews, they sell all of these things. And then they do these kind of uh, massive medium or, or fortune telling in whatever way that they market it, those kinds of events. And if they're able to even just like one or two predictions, once one or two of those come true, it's going to explode. There's nothing that would keep them from like selling out uh, multiple venues for for events like that. And people pay a lot of money to go to mediums or uh, psychics or seers or whoever they're going to. There is a lot of money in that. That is true. And I've I've I've, I've, I've given myself I've, I've done an own goal here by mentioning <laughs> the fortune telling. You I did. totally did. <laughs> you did. Yeah, no, I could totally see them actually as like a modern day Scottish Fox Sisters, right? They're bringing back spiritualism. <laughs> they're bringing back the medium. The thing about the Fox Sisters though is they were discovered to be a hoax. So I feel right. like for everyone who's excited about the fortune telling powers, there's going to be the skeptic brigade who are determined to unveil how they're really doing it right but they wouldn't be able to because it's (laughs) real so that would kind of keep the mystery of like their secret of how they do it would be really really very heavily veiled um the other thing is that they're only splitting the profits between the three of them ariel has to depend on i mean if they're putting on this uh this show with goddesses coming down from the ceiling and creating this beautiful uh banquet of of entertainment even as like maybe an intermission uh to their magic they've got to split those profits they're gonna need uh a lot of equipment they're gonna need to if they're setting things on fire you gotta replace that every night because it's real fire 
it's not magic. So, or it's not stage magic. So you're going to have to replace the things uh, that Ariel is using quite often for every show that they have. Steph, I think you're forgetting that Ariel sets the ship on fire and it is perfectly intact at the end of the play. (laughs) I was forgetting that. You're right. uh, That's part of the amazement. That was on fire. It was definitely hot. It's real fire. Mm. And yet it's there night after night and it's perfectly intact at the end of Ariel's performance. Um, you might be right about having to having to split the profits a bit. I'll I'll buy that. But you know, that's when you have a superstar who's willing to like share their platform and bring up some of the you know the lesser known goddesses, you know the messengers, <laughs> you know getting get, getting them their chance in the spotlight. I think that's lovely. I think I think they could spin that. You know, they're sharing their platform. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would definitely pay to see Ariel perform. I will I will throw that out there right now. Um, but I would also travel the world to see the witches perform. That's something that you follow. Ariel, you wait to come to your city on tour. <laughs> the witches, you seek out. And that kind of like, that kind of fan base, I think, is a really cool, cool kind of rock and concrete uh, foundation to have for your career in stage magic. <laughs> I'm seeing you in this like t-shirt that has like the witch's logo and you're like oh you don't know what it is it's this uh, kind of niche theater experience oh yeah you should you should check it out if you're ever in the area yeah <laughs> you've got a QR code on your phone and it just takes you to this like website that has very few details and just like really like weird uh hinty pieces at where they might be next and like every week the website updates with another clue to where their next show is going to be Oh my god, the witches are an ARG. <laughs> and it ends with the king dying, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that ARG was not planned out well. <laughs> I think it sounds great. <laughs> Look, a- Ariel's show doesn't end with anyone being betrayed or murdered. Everyone's friends at the end. And that's that's key for people. You want people to come back next time. <laughs> they oh. want to feel good when they're leaving the theater, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but have you considered not? Oh, good point. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, what do you think? Uh, whose magic act are you going to see? Are you going to see Ariel set things on fire, make the winds blow, do ventriloquism, and make goddesses appear? Or... Are you going to hunt those witches down and find out what's going to happen in your life and the success that you could achieve if only you do a little murder? <laughs> you can vote at P2MPod on Twitter or on Facebook at P2MPod. Michelle, thank you so much for being here and for bringing this topic. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. This was so much fun. Good. Let everyone know again where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michelle Acopter. You can follow me and find out all the stuff that I'm up to and updates on my dogs. That's the key thing. Honestly, pure premium content. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you all next week. Serious business.